It's been six years of podcasting, and without our sponsors, we wouldn't be able to bring these podcasts to you. So I want to thank today's sponsors. And first off, we have the Pretentious Pickle Company of 190 Water Street in Plymouth. Uh, If you haven't had a chance to get down there, uh, go down and check out what they make. They have everything pickled you can imagine from uh, pickled beets to carrots to mushrooms to onions to Brussels sprouts and cauliflower. They even have pickled um, uh, or pickled flavor cotton candy, I should say. They make it fresh there every day, and you can go in there and check out what they have to offer. And if you're not in the Plymouth area, you can go to pretentiouspickle.com and check out what they have to offer there as well, and they will ship it out to you. Their stuff is delicious. You should check it out. And uh, they are big fans of ours, and we are big fans of theirs. So thank you to the Pretentious Pickle Company for sponsoring today's episode. And our second sponsor today is Moonrise Cinemas. Moonrise Cinemas is a new drive-in in Plymouth. Uh, right on the Plymouth-Kingston line. They're located at 428 Court Street in Plymouth, Mass. And they offer a great selection of movies. You can go. It's very family-friendly. I went and checked out The Goonies there. They've had Marvel movies, a wide variety of stuff. And they're really starting to expand. They have had uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. This coming year, they're doing music on thursday nights on wednesdays are going to be 420 friendly events so make sure you check out what they have to offer uh, moonrisecinemas.com it's a great venue they have a beer garden they have uh their own food their food's phenomenal and they're bringing back their french toast which i'm very excited about uh, so make sure you check out what they have to offer, moonrisecinemas.com. And if you use in code inebriart when purchasing tickets, you'll get 10% off. So make sure you go to moonrisecinemas.com to get your tickets for movies, concerts, and more. And use code inebriart for 10% off on your purchase. And now let's jump right into the podcast. Welcome back, Inebriates. This is Andy of the Inebriate Podcast. As always, uh, I'm recording actually live in the office for, it feels like ages since I've done this. Um, And for you who don't know, we record at the Craft Beer Cellar on Main Street in Plymouth. You should always check out there if you like beer, wine, all that sort of thing. Um, Today we are, like I said, recording live. Uh, We have with us uh, Sydney Blake. Welcome to the show here promoting the Young Pilgrims, or Young Pilgrims the Play? It's actually called Young Pilgrims, and we put the play after it so people know that it's a play. So uh, just give me a rundown. Like, what is it? Like, how, how did it come to be? Um, and why Pilgrims? Are you are you a Plymouth native, I suppose? That's Not at all. No, okay. no, no. No, um, <laughs> it came to be because um, I'm a writer. I used to write TV sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Um, in Los Angeles, but now we're in New York, and now I'm a playwright. Um, But this came about when I cleaned out my desk after about 20 years. (laughs) 
um, something like that. Yeah. And uh, and I found an an old family tree from a distant relative, and it was from my my husband's family, and it went all the way back to the Mayflower. Okay. Sure. And I thought that was so cool. I really did. Um, I'm I'm Italian, so uh, it has nothing to do with me. But my husband and daughter mm-hmm. are descendants of John Alden. Okay. And uh, and I had heard about John Alden, you know, um, from the courtship of Miles Standish, and and just from coming to Plymouth, and just from being an American. Um, and I just thought it was wonderful. Um, so we actually came to Plymouth. We joined the Alden Kindred, uh, which is uh, descendants from all over the country, and they call themselves cousins, okay. which I thought was, you know, cute. Um, anyway, um, and so since I'm a writer, I thought, wow, wouldn't it be interesting to find out how his uh, ancestors actually got together? And they were on the Mayflower together, mm-hmm. John Alden and Priscilla Mullins. Um, but the more I researched it, the more interesting it got. Because John Alden was an orphan, he was illiterate, and he was the cooper on the Mayflower. Okay, that Cooper's means, a barrel maker, right? Yeah, he made yeah. barrels and he, he took care of supplies. But he was, you know, just a hired help there on the Mayflower. Um so he falls in love with this pretty young maiden named mm-hmm. Priscilla, and he doesn't have a chance with her <laughs> because her father is one of the wealthiest guys on the boat, and in fact, he was one of the investors of the whole voyage. Okay. And if somebody's going to be a love interest with his daughter, you know, those It's not going to be a lowly Cooper. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has to come from a quote-unquote good family. And so uh, John says, well, my family goes back to William the Conqueror. He conquered them. That's one of the lines. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's that kind of play. It's a comedy, folks. But it's also also, uh, hysterically, I mean, historically correct. Um, all the people actually existed and everything that happens actually happened. So you can actually become a real know-it-all about the pilgrims while having a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very it's so cool living here, um, being so close to history. Oh, yeah. And, like, I mean, that's how we ended up with one of our other shows, The Old Colony Cast. Our listeners can go check that out. But um, was our kind of interest in history and the local scene and, and and even not that far back but there, there's just so much around here and there's still connections like your your family and there's many other people uh locally who can trace their roots right back to the pilgrims seems like everybody in plymouth uh is a descendant not i <laughs> <laughs> i have no relation whatsoever all right that um, makes two of us <laughs> actually my i remember in i think it was junior high i think it was very early on in junior high i had to do a family tree and my mother really got into it and we traced our family all the all the way back to ireland where we found two cousins that married each other and i'm like i'm not bringing that to school (laughs) and she's like it was normal back then i'm like i'm not bringing that to school so i mean it it is it's really fascinating like family history and stuff like that it really is and the, the amazing thing is how many children they had i mean john had 10 children Mm -hmm. his children had each had around 10 children 
And if you keep doing that over and over... <laughs> you populate a whole country. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's something like, I don't know how many millions of, of descendants there are in this country, yeah. but it's millions. It's crazy. So how much, how long did it take you to do the research to write the play? I feel like writing a play isn't uh, an easy thing to do in the first place, but... It it was over a year. Yeah. Um, I even went to the Library of Congress in D.C., um, and I found out so many things about the pilgrims that I didn't know, and I believe that most people don't know. Um, they were nothing like those, um, you know, those icons that you see wearing black hats mm-hmm. with buckles, buckles and, and stuff. Yeah. They didn't wear black. Most of them didn't because black dye was way too expensive. Yeah. The people who wore black and those buckles and all that stuff were the Puritans mm-hmm. who came over like 20 years after that. Yeah. Um, but the actual first pilgrims, they were all different colors. And um, and that's just one thing. <laughs> um, the other thing is that I didn't know that half of the pilgrims on the ship died. Yeah. And, uh, God, there's so many other things. Um, and It's things that kids don't learn in school, and they really should. Because, you know, it's kind of the origin story of america yeah i mean there, there's been a, a real big push locally to try and tell the story more accurately like plymouth plantation now is plymouth patoxic right you know um you know to include all sides of the story not the whitewashed yeah you know um yeah i don't know even if it's politically correct fantasy side of it <laughs> um so the romanticizing, the romanticizing of it. Uh, sure yeah um so at what point does your play take place does it take place on the journey over is it once they've gotten here it takes place on the mayflower um about a couple of weeks or so after it's um taken off Mm -hmm. after it started its voyage and it goes through the entire voyage until they finally reach land which is 66 days and then it's also um what happens on the land oh excellent so it covers everything yeah (laughs) Um, and, uh, you said something about, ah, well, the hit, um, never mind. Go, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I say lots of things. I don't listen to me. Um, so it, it was a very difficult journey over here, uh, for them. Uh, it started off with two ships and, you know, got knocked That's down right. to one. Um, so it was overcrowded. It, do you address the hardships or is it more just a lighthearted, you know, love story? Because you said it's a comedy. Right. It's yeah. a romantic comedy, a 1620 romantic comedy. Um, no, it, we include everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the people, you know, dying and so on. Um, but it's all done um, not in a light way, but in a human way. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the jokes are just, you know, natural um, things that make sense. Um, and <laughs> some of them you know, are a little absurd, but mostly they make sense. Uh, if, for instance, the the play begins with John Alden and his friend Gilbert Winslow, mm-hmm. and they're playing with dice and stuff on the, on the deck, and they're actually um, uh, talking about the women on the ship, and they're rating them from one to ten. Okay. So what I'm trying to do is um, make it so that it's it's um, understandable to audiences not right now, because what I what I found out and knew anyway was that 
the pilgrims were were not icons they were people Mm -hmm. and especially the young pilgrims which you don't hear that much about young meaning 21 20 18 17 um they had the same feelings as young people do today of course yeah yeah and and you know if you look at them that way then they're not so rigid and stuff and and they weren't puritans they were something called separatists Mm -hmm. And so we explain all that, but in a, you know, different, um, unconventional way. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, so you said it took you a year to write the play. Well, to research it. Oh, sorry, to research. How long did it take to write it? Um, the first time was just about a month, because, which was fast, but it was because I had um, um, the, the option, the, the opportunity to uh, have the play in a um, an off-Broadway theater festival, mm-hmm. so I did it really fast, um, and um, and actually, um, the theater festival was was wonderful. We got a, a great review from the New York Times, oh, which you can see on our website, which is Young Pilgrims the Play at no, I'm no. sorry dot com. com. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm just awful. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's normal. Um, so it started in New York. What, yeah. And it was here last summer, right? Did you bring it to No, Plymouth? no, we uh, we were going to bring it. Uh, it. It played in New York in 2019, mm-hmm. just before COVID. Okay. And we were going to bring it uh, to Plymouth the following year, but COVID messed it all up, you know, for the 400 oh, aniv- sure. 400th yeah. anniversary. Yep. Um, so we're doing it now, now that COVID is on the wane. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think for now, maybe today. More or less. Yeah. <laughs> At least it's much better than it was oh, two years absolutely. ago. So we figured let's do it now. And we tried to find a theater in Plymouth, mm-hmm. but there were no theaters available. So we found this beautiful theater in Duxbury, which is only... 13 minutes from downtown Plymouth. Oh, sure. It's, it's not, not far. <laughs> so all the tourists can know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and um, it, it's in a very old, very old historic church called the First Parish Church of Duxbury. And that's because it literally was the first parish. Um, it was, they call them meeting houses then. Mm-hmm. And this was when John Alden and Miles Standish and some of the other pilgrims around 1630-something moved from Plymouth to Duxbury to get more land, and they stayed there. They, they were there. There's even a, a, uh, an historic uh, Alden house in Duxbury. Yeah. It's, it's a museum. It's wonderful. Um, anyway, so, so this church has a lot of, of good history about the pilgrims, and we're, we're doing it inside this huge hall with a great stage and we're doing it um beginning july 1st um all the way until august 13th that's seven weeks and it's going to be thursday friday and saturday evenings at 7 30 p.m oh wow three times a week for for seven weeks yeah wow that's a lot (laughs) that's that's great yeah well it does depend on people coming to sure of course yeah um (laughs) So Everybody's coming to opening night. Did you? So for one day, we're yes. It, it, uh, is this 
like local talent or uh, the talent uh, from around the country? Like no, it's no? it's it's local in that um, a lot of the kids are from Boston, mm-hmm. Boston area. But there's also um, someone from Kingston, someone from Mashfield. I think Marshfield? that's how they say it. Yeah. Marshfield. <laughs> Thank you. Marsh um, Vegas really is what we call it. But really? That, oh yeah. Why? Uh, I don't know. It's just that's <laughs> people call it March Vegas. Oh, okay. We, Not we, have, bad. we have weird terms around <laughs> here. Um. So, oh yes. Um. And oh, one is from New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. He has to drive quite a bit. He's wonderful. Um. And where else? Um. Towns like Bri- New Newton. Newton, sure. Bristol, something like that. Um. Oh, and actually, one is from New York because um, we we couldn't find an actor to play this part here, so uh, we're bringing him in from New York. Which part? It's the part of the Native American Squanto. Oh, okay. I just couldn't find a Native American actor nearby. Um, I mean, seriously, I know there are tribes, but in terms of actors, I couldn't find one. Right. Um, so we're using the actor who did it in New York, who is part Native American. Mm-hmm. His name is Michael Blue Jacket. And he got a great review from the New York Times. Yeah, and that's especially nowadays you want to be cultural cult- culturally sensitive. I oh, know why sure. I can say that and, and Absolutely. not, you know, cast the wrong type of person in that kind of role. Um Yeah, yeah. How how much of uh a role are the natives in the Young Pilgrims, is it just Squanto? Actually, yeah, there's only the one um, young man named mm-hmm. Squanto um, who could speak English. And so uh, the the tribe meet, I mean, not the tribe, <laughs> the group of, of friends with uh, John Alden, etc. They they finally meet a Native American, and it turns out to be Squanto, and he can speak English, and they're flabbergasted. Mm-hmm. And they have a, a nice long conversation about everything. Oh, that's great. Um, when you were writing this, did it ever cross your mind that you would be having the play in a building where the pilgrims were? Like, I mean, that seems like very full circle in the whole grand scheme. Yeah, thing. actually, that, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be, you know, a regular theater. Um, but it is pretty cool. I mean, the building is big and white it's huge it's beautiful um and it wasn't that way when it was first built sure yeah <laughs> but but it's right there and it's right next to the mayflower cemetery mm-hmm. which is really big and has a lot of interesting people in it or under it or you know yeah what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> quote unquote residents yes yeah. thank you <laughs> um so you said you have written for tv sitcoms um uh, was one major dad? Am I rem- remembering yeah, that correctly? Yeah. I, remember, I was well, kind of like poking yeah. around on IMDb. But how how is it? How does a play writing different from TV sitcom? It's it's a lot easier. Oh really? <laughs> I think because um, I can tell you all about sitcoms and sitcom writers. Um, s- writing a sitcom is really hard because you have one week to uh, work on the show while you're working on the following week's show. So you're working on two shows at the same time, and you're in this fairly small group of people. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be six people. It could be ten people. 
Um, and I mean, everyone sort of goes off in the beginning of the before the season starts. Yeah. And each writer writes a particular script, but they don't write it by themselves. They each story goes through um, what they call breaking the story. So everybody in the in the group of writers, the staff. Um, they all contribute ideas and even lines and jokes and stuff to this this story, mm-hmm. and then each writer goes off with their story for two weeks and write or some 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 shows are one week and writes uh, their episode. But then when you bring it back, um, the entire group goes through your script and. The, the script that's going to be the first, second, third, so on episode are, are chosen. Um, but when they do, when they're going to do your script, you have to sit there while everybody reads it together. And there's like a table read like out loud? Or yeah, did, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Each, each writer sort of takes a part um, and you read it out loud. And when you're finished reading and you realize that not many of the writers laughed at your jokes, you want to, you know, like, kill yourself. <laughs> um, but instead of that, you sit there <laughs> humiliated, and um, and everybody come, all the other writers come up with jokes or lines, or you can f- make this better, make that better, make that better. No matter how good the script is, mm-hmm. it's their job to make it better. Right, of course, yeah. So, but that isn't necessarily necessary sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think, um, but you still have to go through the whole process, and and like I said, one script is being rehearsed by the actors for that week, mm-hmm. the end of that week. Um, meanwhile, you're you're doing this process for the following week with an, another right. writer's script. So you're working on two scripts at the same time, and every day you get to see a scene um, or two of of what they have rehearsed L- later in the afternoon. Let's say. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you go back and you make more changes because once you hear it and see it, it's like, oh, wait, that didn't work that well or this or that. And the head writer basically tells you what needs to be changed again. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go through the same thing the next day and the ne- about five days of this. And then finally, um, you do usually two uh, tapings mm-hmm. or filming, but, but twice with two audiences. So that they can get the best from each, each, um, each go through. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they 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 really do hold up signs. There are, I mean, not hold them up, but there are signs that say applause, yeah. you know, or or uh, laughter or whatever. Um, <laughs> so it's all so crazy. <laughs> do you, it, I can imagine it must be difficult where if like you wrote your script. And then they're going in the room, you know, around the room, even though like, you know, the process and they're, they're, uh, you know, making changes or tweaking or like, you know, punching up a joke here, punching up a joke there. Like, how did you have any real control? Could you kind of like, you know, put your foot down and be like, no, that has to stay. Like, no, no, (laughs) no control. The head writer has all the control. He can write his own script actually and not have anybody change anything. Oh, okay. So that's a great job. <laughs> I mean, they hate it, but it's a great job because yeah. it's a tough job. And in case people want to go into show business, um, I thought I'd mention that actually um, TV writing is very lucrative, mm-hmm. especially sitcoms. Um, it's It pays more than being an actor, <laughs> pays more than being a screenwriter. 
Um, it's, you know, it's just a very lucrative business, but it's, it's very difficult. So, you know, they should be paid well, I yeah. think. Is it one of those things where, like, if it gets picked up in syndication... Does, do you oh yeah, to then get paid you, for that? you get residuals. Sure, sure, absolutely. Oh, I'm still getting residuals from like 1995 or so. Don't make it Not, sound like but, it was so long ago. I hate to do that. <laughs> it wasn't that I long. I mean, these, resi- <laughs> <laughs> these residuals are like you know 50 bucks. Or, yeah. I mean, they're not that much, but but in the beginning they are because it's repeated and mm-hmm. and, re- and then taken up, like you said, in syndication on other networks. I mean, some of them like. You know, friends and Seinfeld and you know, oh, cheer. forget like it. those people. Yeah, got, the, had to be they're doing pretty okay. Gazillionaires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how did you get into TV writing specifically? Well, I started off as an actress, mm-hmm. and I worked in New York City on Broadway and off Broadway and commercials and stuff, and then um, and around the country. <laughs> um, and then I turned thirty, and they started putting me up for aging hookers. Okay. That kind of thing. And I didn't yeah. even get the part. <laughs> so I figured, I don't know okay. if that's a compliment or, yeah. So I was like past due the age that my, my silly characters were. Um, so I went to Los Angeles and, um, and I really wanted to write sitcoms because everything I'd done was comedy. And I, I, I stupidly wrote a, a like nine sitcoms on my own mm-hmm. and tried to get them to say an actor that I might know or somebody might know on one of the shows yep. to give to the writers but that never works <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work at all I finally got a, a partner and he knew the publicist for um, for one of the shows Mama's Family <laughs> I love that show I used to watch it all the time really? yeah well, then you'll see four episodes <laughs> that I wrote. Um, anyway, so basically, I mean, it's really hard. You, you either have to have a, an agent, which is very hard to get, a good agent, or like we didn't have an agent. We knew somebody who actually could give our what they call spec script, mm-hmm. uh, a, an example of a sitcom, sure. um, to the head writer. And so that's how we we started. We we got what what you call, what they call a, a pitch meeting, mm-hmm. um, which means you you go and sit in front of the whole staff, and you you rattle off about I don't know several ideas for stories for shows, and if they like any of them, they'll pick one, and they'll say, okay, you've got a script. So go go write your script go write and your bring script it back. And we'll pick it apart later. Exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what happens. Yeah. yeah. So those are called f- freelance scripts. Mm-hmm. That's when, you know, the staff is already composed. It's already working. Um, but if if you can, then if you can get an agent from something you've you've had yep. produced, then from that we got a uh, an audition. I guess you might say a, an interview. Um, for Empty Nest, which was uh, hadn't started yet for their season, so I we. The name. I'm trying to think. Of oh, who I'm was sorry. It. It, it, Richard Mulligan. It was a. It was a takeoff from the Golden Girls. Oh right, he had the dog, right? Yeah, the yeah, dog. Yeah, 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 yeah the yeah. dog okay. yep. and the pediatrician. That. And yep. this is all before you were born. No, so. it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I used to watch Mama's Family, and I used to watch. <laughs> my mom used to watch Empty Nest, and. <laughs> Anyway, so there we were trying out to be on the staff, and and 
they liked us, so so we were on that staff, and that's how I know about the whole process. Yeah, um, because we were brand new, and it was mind-boggling. You know, I I have always thought that it's far more difficult to write comedy than serious. Do you find that to be true too? Yes. Yeah, yeah, especially with something like TV writing where, you know, you're in that room and you have to come up with a joke right away. I mean, you don't have time, like, you know, think about it that night or something. Mm-hmm. You you have to come up with a joke within seconds or minutes at the most. Um, and that's really hard. That's why a lot of um, stand-up comics are good at it because they improvise a lot. Yeah, because they, they can be yeah. quick and they yeah. deal with hecklers and but, that sort of thing. But in that sense, yeah, it's a lot harder than writing drama. Yeah, it, it, I've way back in the day I used to own a comic book shop and everyone was trying to write their own comic and every everybody was doing like a funny comic book. Yeah. And it was always like, these aren't funny. Like, they're <laughs> funny to you and your friends, but they're not funny. Like if, I, if you don't have like, your friend contacts, it's just... You know, it's a story of like four guys who work at, you know, a big lots and it doesn't make any sense. Like that. And I always told people, I'm like, write something serious. I think you'll have an easier time. And it's just, I feel like people have this idea that it's easier to be funny than it is to be serious. Everybody thinks they can act and everybody thinks they can write until you actually try out for this stuff. And then it's not that easy. So in COVID... Yes. Uh, I'm a creative person. Um, I got incredibly bored, so I came up with new projects for myself. I started writing a script. I'm finding it very, very hard to write for a female character. <laughs> Sorry, that's not funny. I mean, it, I'm just fine. <laughs> uh, do you have any tips or hints for writing for someone that you may not have the same perspective that they have? Sure, just ask a woman. <laughs> I've sent it to some people, and some people are like it's fine. Other people are like I don't like her, and I'm like, oh, you're supposed to like her. So it, it's very tough. But I suppose that's then show it to a lot of a, a lot of your friends. The more input you get, the better. Okay, all right. I'm a woman. I I could read it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I can send it. Um, so is it how much of writing is kind of that? you know, giving it to other people and getting that feedback and, and oh. any creative process is difficult to take feedback, but. No, it's, it's really important um, to have like good, not every, I mean, you have to be careful who you, whom you give it to. Yeah. Um, but if you trust them and they're good friends and they're, and they're not going to say it's awful just because they're jealous or something. <laughs> you know, it's, it's weird. Um, I, I almost dislike people who say it's good because they're your friend. Like, I'd, oh, I'd, you oh, know, I like you I'd rather yeah, you be yeah, completely honest. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. you be like, I don't like it. Yeah. Um, well, you kind of um, find somebody who, like a, a good friend who is honest. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a, a couple of those who are very honest and you know I hate them, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I, no. But they're very yeah. they're very good critics. Yeah, you know, I, I have and you a, don't have to take the um, um, the suggestion. You don't have to, but it's it's good to hear it. Sure, yeah, it, it gives, and you have to be honest with yourself and not so like, no, it's right. You know, right, like right, if you right. can really take it in. That, and I have a friend Adam that I'll send some artwork to, and it, you know, be like, hey, you know, be honest, and he'll send back an email or a text or whatever, and I'll be like, thank you for your honesty. I'm going to go cry. 
because <laughs> he's just brutally honest and he's right. But it's just like, oh, you could have softened it a little bit. <laughs> oh God, it's awful. Yeah. So who did yeah. you have reading um, Young Pilgrims the play to kind of like? Ah, uh, well, actually, um, God, I'd forgotten this. I actually had a, a, a reading of the play mm-hmm. um, before the, the festival. Um, that was with um, invited friends. Yeah. And we had actors just sitting around on a stage and reading from a script. And one of these good friends that, you know, who always would read my stuff, she did not give it a good review. <laughs> <laughs> but but the other people did. Yeah. And, um, you know, and they liked certain lines that I was very proud of, like when um, one of the the girl pilgrims says to another one, Priscilla, this isn't the 1500s. Of course I've kissed a boy. <laughs> <laughs> Things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> but but my friend said, well, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't build. You know, the story doesn't go to a climax. And then, you know, it, it's just kind of, you know, it doesn't build well enough. And I thought, oh, shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I made it build a little more. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I did it the way I wanted it to, to be. And... And ultimately, you know, you're the, you have to do what you want to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked. Yeah. I to me, like s- some of the best things I've ever done have been like collaborative. You know, I love working with other people in that kind of process because I feel like even w- when that person comes back to you with any kind of input, it kind of, uh, I find it frequently gives me like another spark being like, Oh wait, but you know what else we could do? Or like, Oh, I can build, you know, build on what your tag and kind of like take your, your input and build upon that. And I feel like it just makes you better. Yeah. It's good to have a partner, especially with sitcoms for instance, or any kind of TV writing because you have to do it so fast. Yeah. So I I had a partner. Yeah. Week sounds crazy. Like I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you come up with story ideas and that? Sh- oh God, out of your head. <laughs> or, or do you do you ever like? Because I feel like sitcoms are a lot frequently about like something weird that happens in someone's day. Do you have like a, a notebook or something where like when weird thing happens, you kind of like jot down like, oh, that could be a story. Or- Not really, to be honest. We would do things like look up the plots of old movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was it? I heard that. Um, Oh my God! I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. Um, I do that all the time. Uh, Gary Marshall. Oh him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, heard... I met him. Yes. Oh yeah. Sure. Nice. I heard when he used to in write... a bar, but never mind. <laughs> hey. Um, I heard when he used to write. What was it when he he wrote? Yeah, he wrote on I Love Lucy, and he would start with the end scene and work backwards. But really? if he w- worked with the Dick Van Dyke show, it was the other way around. <laughs> Like, he would start with something funny in the beginning and, and work that way. But, like, Jeez. with Lucy, it was like, oh, let's have her stuffing her face full of chocolates on a conveyor yeah. belt and then work right, how did right. she get there. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, well, usually, um, when you come up with an idea, like, on a staff, mm-hmm. um, for instance, I, I had the idea that the main character um, was dating a, he was a pediatrician mm-hmm. on emptiness so uh, my idea was that he was dating uh, a woman who who was a surgeon so she was you know sort of a another cast above him yeah um, and he f- and the idea was that he felt um, you know strange about dating someone who was more successful than him 
and uh, so they wound up doing that that show. But but the end. Then they came up with the end later, which was that she dumps him. Actually, <laughs> 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 which the the um, the actor didn't really like. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have to like frequently deal with that kind of like? actor ego as far as like when you write their characters like oh my character wouldn't say that or well they they usually do that with the director there's also a you know director of the show who works with the actors and i guess he's kind of a go between between the actors and the writers yeah um and yeah sometimes the the actors get really angry (laughs) (laughs) there was one um one line where, where one of the one of the writers wrote something really sort of nasty about the character, and she got really upset. Um, so that yeah, that happens. Yeah. So what's next after Young Pilgrims? Do you um, do you have another well, play you're working on? Or? Ac- actually, I'm hoping that this play will go around the country because it's great for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and oh, sure, you know yeah, the whole that, yeah. fall season and. I'd, we'd love to have it running in Plymouth forever for all the tourists yeah. because it's something different. You know, it's all about the pilgrims, but it's nothing like anything else in Plymouth because um, it's a comedy, and you don't think of, of the pilgrims in terms of comedy. Oh, no, not at all. Exactly. No, <laughs> very much the opposite. <laughs> so we thought, being unique, um, this would be the best place for it, frankly. But I think it could also go around the country, so that's what I'm going to be working on. Oh, excellent. Um, so if you can give us, again, um, where people can go to find out about the play. Um, we, I mean, I, I have it right here, but people, no, no, that's people okay. like it from the guests better, I think. <laughs> In fact, I have something even more than that. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, please go to our website, which is youngpilgrimstheplay.com. That's youngpilgrimstheplay.com. And when you get to the buy tickets area, um, I'm going to give you a code where you can get $20 tickets, which were which are less than the regular price. Um, and that code is the word Mayflower, capital M-A-Y-F-L-O-W-E-R. Mayflower is the code for $20 tickets. Nice. And uh, so the dates are July oh, 1st through August 13th. Yes. Um, what time of the day does this run? 7.30 p.m. 7.30 is um, doors or curtain? Curtain. Curtain. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's cool. I, I, I think we, we actually should... have a curtain. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I assumed. <laughs> <laughs> Not all theaters more, do I now. suppose that's true. I, I, would, I don't know. I just made the assumption there was one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's real. So, uh, before we go, what are you doing here in Plymouth other than the play? Are you taking in the site? Nothing. Are you kidding? (laughs) Not taking in any of the sites? I'm also the producer of the play. Yeah. And Uh, if you think writing's hard. You don't have a lot of free time? I don't have any free time. (laughs) (laughs) We have to publicize it. I have to, I just got a lighting designer. Um, We just finished the costumes. Um, I have to pay the actors. I have to pay the understudies. I have to etc 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 and so on and so forth it's it's a lot of work well i guess you got your day uh (laughs) scheduled to the nines uh which i do all the time but uh thank you for squeezing us in and taking time to come talk to us gosh thank you for you know squeezing me in oh no problem (laughs) yeah and um 
yeah, so our listeners, if you're in the Plymouth area, please make sure you check out the Young, young Pilgrims. I want to say the Young Pilgrims. Uh, no, it's just Young, young Pilgrims. Pilgrims. It's like the Eagles and... Yeah, like yeah. Young Guns or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so make sure you check out that play, and uh, we'll catch you guys again next week. Thank you. And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, if you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash inebriart to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns. Or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk Podcast, Old Colony Cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Inebriart Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. Thanks again for listening.